We're in a sermon series, uh, the theme of overcoming spiritual burnout. This morning, we're going to look at John's Gospel, chapter 15, as Jesus talks about the vine and the branches, the intimate connection that happens and has to be maintained if we're going to stay fresh and we're going to be refreshed in Him. But before I read the text, I invite us to a time of silence and a time of uh, just simply being in God's presence. Loving and merciful Heavenly Father, we come and bring to you all of the burdens of this past week and all of the worries and fears about the coming week. And we just roll them off on you. We want to be totally present in this time of worship. We want to trust you, our High Priest, as we bring our heartaches and our struggles and our hopes and dreams to you. We bring to you uh, prayers for your mercy upon those who are grieving today. Bathe them in your kindness. We pray today for the sick, that you would be the great physician and through mighty power touch those who are ailing of body and of mind. We bring to you prayers for those who are struggling with the storms on the East Coast and those who are struggling with flooding and homelessness and warfare and those who are fleeing homeland because of strife. Oh God, we pray for leaders of nations, leaders of our local governments. We pray for peace in your world. We ask God that you put your loving arm of protection around those who serve in the armed forces. You would care for them. We ask God that you open our hearts now and give us a readiness to receive what you have for us. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. John's Gospel, chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. I'm going to read these aloud. I invite you, if you're able to stand, as we come to attention, as God's word comes among us. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing." Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love." If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Diane Butler Bass is a sort of a church futurist, and somebody asked her uh, several years ago, what the 21st century was going to be like. And you want to know what she said? Noisy. 
She said the 21st century is going to be noisy. And she's right, isn't she? A lot of noise in the world. Noise everywhere you go. Noise all around us. Noise almost all the time. And we would add to that, not only is the 21st century going to be noisy, it's going to be busy. Everybody's busy. Busy going here, busy going there, busy with that. All of those to-do lists, all those obligations, all that pressure and stress that we feel. Busy, busy, busy. But the question is, busy with what? I want to show you a famous Thoreau quote. Henry David of Walden Pond fame said, It's not enough to be busy. So are the ants. The question is, what are we busy about? The ants are busy. But what are we busy about? What are we busy doing? That's the real question. Several years ago, there was a book written, The McDonaldization of Society. And it was a book about how all of culture has been McDonaldized. That is, fast food, fast worship, fast church, fast internet, How many of us got upset this week because our internet didn't open just back then? You know, fast everything. The McDonaldization of of our culture. But the interesting thing is that plants and roots don't do noisy and they don't do hurry. Vines and branches don't do noise and they don't do rush and fast. They just stay where they are, where they are, and do their job. And, and it's interesting that at the close of his earthly ministry, Jesus would choose to bring this elaborate analogy to the disciples' minds. Jesus, John tells us, is sharing these words on his last night on earth before his crucifixion, it's just before his arrest. Just before he was beaten, just before he was tried in a kangaroo court, and then crucified for our sins, just before all that, he's trying to tell them how they're going to stay alive spiritually with him gone physically. How they're going to stay nourished, how they're going to stay refreshed spiritually when they don't have the physical Jesus here with them. He's trying to give them a way of thinking about it. And I don't know if in Nazareth High School Jesus took a botany course or a vocational agriculture course or some kind of biology course, but he he was on to something because grapes have been grown in the Near East for at least 7,000 years, back to the Neolithic period of history. Grapes have been grown. So Jesus chose a metaphor uh, that everybody could relate to I don't know if Jesus had this uh, in school or not, but we know now that within the grape vine, the grape trunk, if you will, there, is a, there are two artery systems, two delivery systems. One is the xylem, X-Y-L-E-M. And it carries water and nutrients from the roots up through its trunk, if you will, out into the vine and into the branches and all the way out to the leaves. While that artery is carrying everything up, the phloem is an artery system that takes all the sugar that's been produced in the leaves from photosynthesis 
And the phloem is transporting all that sweet sugar down through the branches into the vine, down to the trunk, and all the way down to the roots. Xylem and phloem, that organic, mysterious, amazing experience of life. And Jesus was trying to give us a way of understanding how we have to create space for God to work in our lives. We have to create room for God's activity. We have to be intentional about being nourished and being refreshed. And so Jesus, if you think about the analogy, he was saying, my resurrection life wants to, in union with you, flow in you and through you. Jesus was saying, my abundant life and my eternal life are to be coming in you and through you. You you didn't earn them. They're grace. I want you to be in a place of receiving this nourishment and this refreshment so that your spiritual life can stay green and productive and alive. Now, with that as a working analogy, I have an idea. We don't have time to stay put and abide. We're busy people, right? We don't have the patience to cultivate God's vineyard within our spirits and within our church. We can find a shortcut, can't we? We don't have the time and patience to to do that that, uh, tedious sort of cultivating and and attention to detail and, and staying connected to Christ. So I've got a plan. I've got a stick at home. And tomorrow you go to Hobby Lobby and you buy a cluster of artificial grapes, wax grapes. And let's meet at the church tomorrow afternoon and I'll bring some twine and let's tie those grapes to that stick and put it in the ground and call it a vineyard. Okay? Let's do that. You're really sleepy. I can't tell if you get it or not. Sheesh. You should see your faces. What's he talking about? See, that's not life. That's not abiding. That's not fruit bearing. That's not joy. That's not energy. That's not the spirit life through us. That's artificial. That's stupid. But how is that any different than us running around church with all of our church jobs, running around the community, engaged in all of our community ministries, trying to raise our families, trying to do our job while we're disconnected to the source of nourishment. How's that any different? Because didn't Jesus say in verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches, not the other way around. If you abide in me, You'll bear much fruit because Jesus said, apart from me, you can do absolutely nothing. And then in verse 7, he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will and it shall be done for you. And notice Jesus was not only getting at the problem of no fruit, of no vine growth, He was also getting at the problem of wild vine growth, unproductive vine growth. 
He was saying the answer is not more vines, but fewer vines. In verses 2 and following, he says, I love you so much that I remove every branch that does not bear fruit, every branch that needs to be pruned, I cut away so that you might bear more fruit. Pruning is difficult to understand, but, by, but the reality is less is more. And Jesus wants us to get that, that reality of making space, of creating time to abide. It would also help us to know that the, um, the First Testament of Scripture our Old Testament, often uses the analogy that Israel is God's vine. In fact, on the temple, there was an inscription of a vine. To this day, that's, that's still a symbolism in some Jewish, in Jewish uh, art. Israel the vine. Several times in, in the Old Testament. But you see, Jesus was saying Israel did not abide. Israel did not stay put in the nourishment. Israel wilted. Worse than that, Israel had wild runners, wild vines growing everywhere and and became unfruitful. And so Jesus said, Israel failed, so I, the new Israel, I am now the vine. I will fulfill what Israel did not do. And and let me put it this way. In Jesus' day, what Jesus was saying was, just because you belong to the nation doesn't mean you have a vibrant relationship with God. If Jesus were here today, he'd say, just because you belong to the church, it doesn't mean you have a vibrant relationship with God. You can belong to the nation, belong to the church, and not be connected organically by faith to Jesus Christ. And just shortly after this, Jesus died on the cross for our sins to liberate us so that in his resurrection life, when we had repented, when we have been crucified with Christ and and died, we might be grafted into this new new vine and be a part of of what Christ wants to be in us. But that only happens when we trust. And by the word abide... Abide, in verses 4 through 10, is used 10 times. It means to stay put. It means to stay in place. It means to remain. It means, it means to take up lodging. That's what trusting is. To abide in him is to do his commandments, to trust him and to obey him. That's how we live that life. Now, maybe another way to talk about spiritual burnout is to talk about the ways that we confuse results and relationships. We do this all the time. And culture is really big on productivity. You know, where you work, around your house, it's all about productivity. It's all about commodities. It's all about producing results. And that is so beaten into our psyches that when we come to our faith... We immediately, when we come to church, we start talking and thinking about results. And that's what leads to spiritual burnout. Now, you think about in your own life, 
how you get in trouble when you put results ahead of relationships. I'm going to give you an example, and then you do the rest. A family outing, a vacation. How many times did I blow it when our kids were growing up? We were on vacation, and we were at Six Flags, or uh, we were at Worlds of Fun. And you're just like, we got we to gotta ride three more rides before noon because it's going to really be hot. Come on, kids, hurry up, hurry up. We're having fun. Smile. Hurry up. Hurry up. You know that, that kind of atmosphere? So that vacation became, check off the results. But vacation and family time are not about checking off results. They're about relationships. And how many times in our marriages... How many times in our relationships at church we get focused and obsessed with results instead of relationships? Peter Scazzaro wrote that powerful book that many of us have been impacted by, The Emotionally Healthy Church. He's a pastor and he's very confessional in this book and he says there came a time in his life when he was trying to live off somebody else's script. He was trying to be somebody he was not. He was trying to live somebody else's story, and he was faking it. And here's what he says at a critical point in that book. He says, when you blow past your own limitations, in your spiritual life, when you blow past your own limitations, you start doing God's work without God. When we don't accept our humanity and our limitations, we start focusing on results instead of relationship. We blow past those limitations and we start doing God's work without God. And that's exactly what Jesus was talking about when he was talking about the vine and the branches. Now, don't get me wrong, Jesus did talk about results. He calls the results fruit. But you do understand, remember the wooden stick and the wax grapes? Before there can be fruit, there has to be relationship. Before before there can be fruit, there has to be that organic connection. So it's this simple. Our fruits do not save us. Our salvation produces fruit. Our fruits do not create our relationship with God. Our relationship with God produces the fruit. We have to get the relationship first before the fruit will ever be there. And you know where I've seen this so beautifully? Makes me so proud to pastor this church. In our Imagine If congregational conversations that we had uh, August, October, and November... Uh, Around tables, people were sharing dreams, what they believed to be God's dreams for First Baptist Church. And, and And as I read through all of those, I found this incredible balance where there was such a calling in our congregation to go deeper into our roots... Uh, deeper discipleship, a more intentional, radical following of Jesus, a more uh, intentional obedience to his will and purposes, while at the same time, around the same table, people also talked about our branches, our fruitfulness going out into the community, reaching people, relieving suffering, 
being the presence of Christ, so that what I saw was a beautiful balance between roots and fruits. Isn't that what Jesus is talking about? If you get the roots right, you get the fruits right. The beautiful balance between roots and fruits. So may I make a summary and a few suggestions to sort of help us think about how we stay refreshed and abide in Christ. Not rocket science here, what we've been talking about the last three weeks. To avoid spiritual burnout, we have to learn to share honestly. Jesus was sharing honestly with his disciples. Hey, tough times are coming. I need you to be real and I need you to be prepared. The kind of honest sharing that Karen was talking about in her testimony as she sought out a friend. We have to be transparent about our struggles. Secondly, create space. By that I mean slow and steady Bible reading and prayer time. I'm fine with read the Bible through in one year plans, but that is focused on results. You can do that, but don't neglect the slow and steady relationship building of spending time in God's word and praying every day and developing those habits of creating space for the Holy Spirit. Christian music, Christian fellowship, Christian art, all kinds of ways to create space. Rest and trust. Focus on being before you focus on doing. Focus on relationships before you focus on results. And remember that plants and vines don't make noise and they don't rush around. They mostly receive. They mostly receive. Rest and trust. And then the fourth one, you might not think that makes the preacher's list, have fun. I think one of the reasons we burn out in church is that we stop having fun. It gets to be such a chore. Look what Jesus said in verse 11, the last verse I read. I've said these things to you, why? So that you may have joy in you and that your joy may be complete. This isn't a glib, silly happiness. It's deep joy despite trials and heartache and struggles. But it's having fun in the Christian life to journey. Uh, the Christian life and journey. Do people who see you see joy in your Christian life? What happened to the joy in your Christian service? Where did it go? Would you like it back? Would you like for there to be joy in your Christian life and in your Christian witness? We need to learn to have fun again and enjoy the ride together. And if you want joy in your life, it's really pretty simple. You just got to go down deeper in the Jesus soil of your life. And you just got to make room for Jesus and let Jesus refresh you. Let Jesus refresh you. Let's pray together. Thank you for your presence, mighty God. Open our hearts to your truth. Through Christ we pray. Amen. I invite you to stand with us at this time, if you'd all stand together. And uh, the invitation is simple. If you've never trusted Christ, you've never been grafted into that living vine, and you want that relationship with Christ, we're here to pray with you and to help you. If there's some part of your Christian journey you'd like some prayer, we're here. Uh, recommitment of your Christian life, 
Or maybe you want to join our church, officially connect with First Baptist. Whatever your need, the altar is open. You don't even have to come talk to one of us. You can just come and pray. We invite you as we sing.